Welcome to the Awakened Intent podcast. I have absolutely no idea what episode number this is, but I'm uh, very happy to be spending the next hour with a man who I have assisted in the past and has been in many different versions of uh, what I'm offering in the world, whether it's group containers or events, and uh, I've had the pleasure of seeing him continue to develop and to hone and to refine where he's at in his own process. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to spend the next the next bit of time with Jordan, who's going to be asking some questions, I presume, today. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Chris. Great to be here with you, man. Really appreciate the, the opportunity to come on here and, yeah, ask you some questions and spend some time together. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. It's always somewhat of a strange experience if I was to think about it to have people come on to ask me questions who do I think I am Uh, but ultimately it just seems to be the way that uh, what I do and the work that I do and the messages that I share that's generally the best way for it to to be pulled from me uh, which is why I've I've always set up this podcast in that way to support that so uh, thank you for for being here. Of course, of course, and yeah, I feel it's understandable that people want to ask you questions and get understanding from how you're living your life because it's it's almost so unique. You know, a lot of people feel the the level that you're operating from in terms of an energetic standpoint, and it's just so different to where most people are at. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Yeah, people just get magnetized or gravitate towards you because you're accessing something that the majority of us aren't. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, I guess, asking some questions. Well, I have a feeling we'll bounce around a bit today because I have. I'm just asking my own curiosity here, as I normally do when when I'm on calls with you. Um, but yes. yeah, we'll, we'll bounce around from a few different topics. But I trust we'll we'll go exactly where we need to. Beautiful. Let's do it. So I feel like I want to start with kind of something we just mentioned before we started recording. And it's something I'm always curious about as well with, with how you live your life. And it's around the, the level of sensitivity that you've cultivated. And it's something I've really taken from all the work that we've done together and the time that I've spent around you is that the real juice is, is cultivating a level of sensitivity where you can feel life. You know, the more you can feel mm-hmm. life, the richer you are, I've, I've heard you say before. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to know if there's, if there's almost a downside to that, you know, at times, because <laughs> I would imagine for you having such a high level of sensitivity, certain environments or locations just may feel too much or uncomfortable or overwhelming and to give a more direct example we're talking about just being out here in Tulum and you mentioned that that things changed in 2021 and it was just the environment no longer suited uh suited you uh I'd love for you to speak to that a little bit you know is is that something that as you do this work and as you go deeper uh you no longer fit yeah maybe around certain people or environments and how you've learned to navigate that hmm Yes, <laughs> to to answer your question, the more you, so in my experience, the more and the deeper that we come into alignment with ourselves, the more aware we become 
of our preferences, right? I could use the word of your truth, but there's just the truth and there's your preferences. And I feel such a deep peace in honoring the design that we've essentially been put here within is to understand in a, in the deepest sense what our preferences are uh, just to support how we work, how we function, and what we're here to do. The preferences, in my experience, are, are not rigid. They shift similar to seasons. So that means that it's not kind of like a, you figure it out and then you lock it in and then it's that way for the rest of your life. There's a deep listening that I'm always talking about and that I'm always practicing in my own life. It's essentially the, the bedrock and the foundation that supports how I show up in every single moment. Uh, we like the idea of, especially as men, we love the idea of just kind of setting it and then it's those settings work forever and life doesn't work that way. Um, it's it's more about listening and being receptive and being on our toes. So just within that, looping back to the original question that you asked, which was about the sensitivity piece, the way you asked the question leads me to assume that potentially your understanding of sensitivity may possibly potentially uh, be skewed uh, or just it may just be different to my understanding of sensitivity because when you said the words that you said and when you asked the question that you asked I didn't hear sensitivity I heard fragility I didn't hear sensitive I heard fragile right too much I'm being affected, it's too much, I can't cope, I can't handle, I can't capacitate. For me, that is fragility, and that has nothing to do with sensitivity. I always use the metaphor when I'm attempting to express the difference between fragility, which is a deficiency, which is a lack of life force, versus sensitivity, which is actually supported by an accumulation of life force that allows us to continue to open and capacitate and feel deeper and deeper and deeper and more and more and more and allow ever-increasing levels of aliveness move through our physicality and ourselves and our being without it overwhelming us, without it putting us on our ass. The metaphor I use or the example is I'm sure everyone has stood on a beautiful beach or a beautiful cliff top or mountain top and it's just been powerful and the, the weather has been powerful and the wind has been battering and the waves are crashing and you're just in the middle of that and you're like wow this feels so powerful this feels beautiful this feels nourishing versus let's say you're under the weather you have the flu your immunity is suffering your life force is low and someone picks you up and puts you right into that scenario and the wind is battering you. There is nothing beautiful about that experience. You are fragile. 
the wind will hurt you. It will feel way too overwhelming. It will feel way too much. There will be no resiliency within that experience or within that person. So what I feel you're asking is not about sensitivity, but it's about frigidity. For me, sensitivity is not weakness. It's not being overwhelmed. It's not, oh, this is all too much. It's not that. Sensitivity for me is, is absolute potency, power, fullness, and the ability to continue to capacitate to more and more and more and more of, of, of life, which includes uncomfortable situations, challenges, experiences which are outside of your desired preference. And then having the energetic fullness or the internal wellness to be able to be there essentially unaffected. Hmm. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I guess I'll just speak from my own experience here because I know a lot of people listening will be able to relate to this is, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel so committed to maintaining sensitivity but then you know let's say in my morning practice and time when i've got time in stillness and time on my own i get a level of sensitivity that allows me to feel more but then i step into my day whether that's trying to run a business or you know uh, use technology be on social media and as the day goes by i start to notice that sensitivity start to fade a little bit and that fragility, like you're mentioning, start to encroach. And yes. come the end of the day, I, I try and go outside and appreciate a nice sunset and I, I just can't feel it. You know, I'm either too in my head or that that potency isn't there. And I guess that's the thing that I feel a lot of us, uh, and when I say us, I mean the people who are listening to this probably, uh, are trying to navigate how do we maintain this this high level of sensitivity but still operate in the world you know still make money mm-hmm. still go to work still interact and 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 interact with the world really and yes. i'd love for you to talk a little bit about how you've been able to do that because i i know you're not in the pursuit of trying to build a large business right and and have a big <laughs> presence on social media um and you've got support around you that's allowed you to step back from having to take on those those endeavors. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there was a time where you didn't have that. I'm sure there was a time where you still had to post yourself on social media, or still had to edit the podcast yourself. And mm-hmm. that perhaps didn't feel as nourishing or, or it mm-hmm. didn't feel as life-giving as probably some of the, the, the ways that you live your life now. And I'd love to know how you navigated that time. Was it something you just kind of accepted and worked with or just waited until the support showed up? What I'm experiencing in your question is you being victimized by the situation. Or you feeling attacked or are you feeling like the victim in relation to your surroundings and your situation? So... And and the reason I'm saying that is because we always have a choice. We always get to prioritize that which is of most support to us. So for me, 
in order for me to move outwards into the world and to do anything externally, it must be coming first from my physical felt sense experience of my own existence, of my own beingness. So for me to do something, that doing must be connected to my beingness. When I was hearing you speak a moment ago about how your day starts and then by the end of the day you've just kind of, you know, you're in that fragility and you're not feeling, this is pointing you to the fact that somewhere along that process you lose yourself to the external. So the practice for you or the work for you is how do I cultivate such a broad sense of my own beingness that every single action and activity and movement that I make is happening and emanating from my felt sense experience of my own beingness in this moment. Because this is to answer your your question with regards to you know, me being in a time where I didn't have all that support and I was doing a lot of this stuff myself. Yes, I was, but but my foundation was being. So then I wasn't being victimized by the situation. Did I have a preference of having, having ideally not to have to do this? Of course. But I'm not going to allow that to give me a reason to be victimized by the situation, to not be in an empowered state, because ultimately none of it even matters when you're feeling your own beingness. That's your essence coming through. That's God coming through. That is your ultimate support. That's what you came into this world with, and that's what will bring you out of this world. And it's always there. So yes, there was moments where I'm like, I don't like this. I don't want to do it. So you know what? (laughs) I didn't do it. And I may potentially be in a very different position in terms of business and the, the, you know, how big I would have become publicly. And there's so much more I could have done in many situations, but I just didn't want to. Because I always, always, always prioritized my beingness. And not because I'm better than anybody and not because... Um, it's like some virtuous signaling of, of how I think everyone should be. I don't actually take full responsibility for that choice. I had to choose beingness. Otherwise, I would not have made it any further in my life. Beingness and choosing that and prioritizing that was an absolute must for me. Otherwise, I would not have survived. So, yes, in one way, <laughs> yeah, go Chris, beingness. But also, I, I didn't have a choice in the matter. If I had a choice, I probably wouldn't have chosen beingness. I would have chosen to continue to, to burn the candle at both ends and be extreme and obsessive and compulsive in my life and just chase pleasure. But I didn't have a choice because if I did that, it would have been game over. I just reverted back to beingness because I had abused myself so much. And beingness was the only place that was actually filling me back up. So that then carried on into 
how this work um, has and continues to evolve in my life and in the world. But to answer your question, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You can do anything. As long as you're in contact with beingness, with your experience of your own existence, you will be supported, held, and nourished through that process. So your work, Jordan, is about seeing the moments and recognizing the moments where you get caught up to the activity, to the doing, when the doing steals you from yourself. And then after, you kind of like, where the fuck did I go? What just happened at the end of the day? And then you have to go through the process of bringing yourself back. So ideally, not losing yourself to whatever degree that's currently available to you. So everything you do, feeling your own existence, feeling the life in you, if you want to. Yes, I feel that. I feel that a lot. And you're 100% right. It's the losing, losing myself in the day. And what I'm also realizing, it's the choice of how we choose to, or how I choose to live my life, is I can either make it more or less challenging for me to maintain that connection mm-hmm. with myself. Yes. And yeah. And like I'm now realizing, you know, I'm choosing to be on social media. I'm choosing to, you know, uh, create this routine that is requiring a lot of me. And that's just resulting in it being more challenging, require more responsibility uh, to just be aware of where, where I'm being pulled, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're putting yourself to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can stop that. <laughs> and i guess do you think that there is i try not to (laughs) do you feel there is an energetic (laughs) cap if someone wants to operate in the world let's say someone wants to grow a business you know there's obviously some things in terms of operating in the world where you're going to have to use a certain level of technology you're going to have to manage people uh yes doing that from a place of not losing yourself let's say you were able one was able to really maintain that that level of beingness and all of that do you feel there is still an energetic cap as to where someone can get to in their level of sensitivity do i believe there's an energetic cap can can you maybe ask it in a different way mhm because you know these social media apps they they are firing so much dopamine where we are we are being like this the amount of stimulation that comes through just these activities right uh Mm -hmm. i almost sometimes feel like am i being depleted without even realizing and is my level of potency just being limited just because i'm using this yeah yes (laughs) (laughs) if you're even asking those questions yes So, accept the challenge. We can look at everything that's here to to distract us and to pull us from ourselves, which is almost everything in the world socially 
and technologically based. Everyone is attempting to take you, to consume you, to brainwash you, to condition you. It's just the way that certain things work here. And that's okay. When you're in an empowered state, in an empowered place, that is okay. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted with regards to me engaging with some of these things or many of these things without getting lost to it. And that is your challenge if you choose to accept it. Okay, well, these are things that are here. And this is a part of life and this is a part of the world. And I'm, uh, you know, one version is to just completely shut down and close off to it and push it away and disregard it and, and talk bad about it. But that in itself is a fear response. What if you were to open up to all of it and the accountability is not within you blaming other things externally, but taking full accountability and responsibility yourself and saying challenge accepted. What a, what a gift, what, what beautiful opportunities are presenting themselves in front of me that give me the teaching or that call me into the space where I get to flex my presence, where I get to flex and build my ability to stay with myself. Because if none of these things were here, if none of these challenges were here, then you would probably not be able to see all the places that you lose yourself. Because these are aggressive things. So generally the repercussions tend to be quite extreme and aggressive in terms of the burnout that they create, the brainwashing, the um, emotional reactivity reactivity that it stirs up in people. And these are all gifts if we choose to accept the challenge within it. So me to you, I'm kind of like, well, these are all here. They're all a part of your life, Jordan. You can shut them down and run away from them. Or you can figure out how to engage and interact with them in a way where you choose, where you are not being victimized by these platforms or by these experiences or by these tools, which ultimately is what they are. Definitely. And I also feel the question that I'm asking myself a lot is, is this, is this what God wants me to do? Or is this my mind wanting this? Like, it, it, would, would God really choose for me to want to go out and, and grow a business and get followers online and you know, go off and try to make money? Or is that my mind choosing that? Would, would God or a higher intelligence be directing me to you know, living a more quieter life with less, less stimulation? You know, and, and learning to discern. I, I've, I find that challenging at times in a world mm-hmm. that's telling us this is, this is what you want. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I already, and I already know if I ask you a question, I already know what your answer is going to be, which is you know, remove the distractions and listen. <laughs> but sometimes it's, yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. And 
Of course. Yeah. It's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, and like how much of how much of what we see in the world, which is the the, the building of businesses and and material success, is coming from just trauma being played out, like uh, our our conditioning, wanting to get validation, and I'm trying to discover: can I still not need any of that? but then still go out and want to build and create it because I want to, and it's fun mm-hmm. and I enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I could never answer that question for you. You, you know, it's creating spaciousness somewhere within your days, within the structures of your days where you can simply just be so that listening can return to you so that it can come back to you. I don't think we can practice listening. I feel we can practice being, and through being, listening starts to open us, or open up, and also open us. But being is the first step to balancing generally a pretty hectic approach to life. If you just plug in space to be, and I'm not talking about even sitting and meditating or doing your practice, that's not what I mean when when I say being. Because you're still doing something. I mean just being. Just sitting or standing or walking. Doing nothing. And just watching yourself and life around you exist. And that can be very, very challenging for most people to do. It was for me when I first realized that I had no more being left in me. Just the unraveling of coming back to that place where you can actually settle into just what is here. That can be very confronting. It can be painful. It can be excruciating. All of your overstimulation can kick up in you and feel like you're you're being driven crazy for a moment but that's a good sign that's everything purging that's your system releasing the overstimulation so you can actually make contact with yourself again i feel most people are buffered Right? There's a buffer between them and their beingness and their spirit and their essence. And that buffer is just the busyness. It's the outward motion. It's the running. It's the chasing. It's the searching. Which, of course, is because they've connected or disconnected from, from themselves. And it's very painful. It's very painful and confusing and terrifying to live and lead a life where you're not with yourself. Because there's a massive misalignment that's there and that that's a very painful experience to be in. And it's always the simplest essence that that will be the deepest medicine. And that's generally what people don't want to accept because that can be the most painful to come back to. Do you advise for the people that you mentor, and let's say someone has been so in the 
in the doing, in the stimulation for so long. Uh, and then for them to come back into having spaciousness and beingness is really uncomfortable. Do you advise a slow, kind of like a slow entry point into that? Or do you often advise just go all in, like create a lot of spaciousness and, and mm. go right into whatever's down there? Uh, how do you generally approach those kinds of individuals? The same way that I approach every single step that I take, getting from this place to that place, with absolute specificness based on what is in front of me and every single person is different so every single person is going to be able to hear something and not hear something else so i'm always doing my uh my best to communicate not not answering the question but answering the questioner based on what they can hear in this moment in time and what they're going to be able to actually uh, integrate and apply into their life and for some people the extremeness of clear everything and just have space that can be very supportive it can be very beneficial for other people it would essentially kill them and it would be way way too much for their nervous system based on what they are holding so then I would be generally taking a much more slow, delicate, 1% by 1% approach. But there's not one model that fits all. There's, there's feeling and listening to, to what's in front of us and speaking to that place where, where you can actually be received and where it can be applied in a supportive way. That still is, is challenging. And that still is presenting um, difficulty and discomfort, but at a level where they can actually capacitate to. But we're so deeply nuanced as individuals and as humans. And I, through this work and through, I mean, I've been doing this work for, for quite a long time now. And we are so nuanced. <laughs> as individuals and that really means that the whole one size fits all model just does not apply there's so much that's missed within that yeah i really i totally agree with that and that's a, a great great answer i and even in your process right like as individuals even when we're working with ourselves it's the same thing, listening to yourself as deeply as you can and, and experimenting with different levels and different depths of execution in terms of what it is that you're wanting to create space for. Feeling the different levels of extremes that you can move into and which is supportive and which is just, it's too much for you to be in. And then recalibrating based on that. For me, this is the deepest form of self-love. And to go more direct in terms of how to work with what's present in the body moment to moment, um, you know, I'm sure you're aware that there's so many different modalities now, you know, and, and different 
ceremonies and rituals that the new age personal development space has brought brought up for people and what i really like about your approach is the simplicity of it and the practicality of it and i'd love to get your perspective on i guess some of these modalities and i'll i'll, I'll be more specific you know breath work more specifically and i know you speak about the importance of maintaining breath awareness deepening the breath uh, to open and relax into the body. But what about some of these other breathwork modalities, more intense, continuous, uh, more rhythmic style breathing? Uh, and how do you feel that that supports someone in opening more deeply into themselves? And do you feel like there is, do you feel like it's necessary to have those those forms of practices, the more, uh, and I'm sure some, for some people it's supportive and for some it's not. Um, but why do you think they've shown up as such a uh, significant or popular form of uh, inner work and compared to just having moment-to-moment breath awareness and relaxing into the body through a more simplistic mm. style? Uh, well, because having the moment-to-moment breath awareness is far too much accountability. And we are a blowout society who respond to blowout practices. And when someone is in pain, we're generally searching for more intensity. When we're overstimulated, we're generally searching for more stimulation. Um, and I just want to, I want to say on all of that, like every, every single practice and approach has value at a certain point in a certain season for a certain type of person it's not that one way is better than the other but the reason there's a reason that that type of uh, young very young uh, practice is (laughs) you know everyone's a everyone's a breathwork facilitator these days it's like the new it's like the new yoga teacher training And the reason that it's so popular is because it's really easy to receive because it's so overstimulating and we're so used to overstimulation that it's, we're familiar with the young. And for certain people, it can be really beneficial, that approach, like the really intense breath work for very robust constitutions, physical, energetic constitutions, people who are very stocky and tough and dense that intensity of practice can be a beautiful uh, way to break up and smash up the stagnation and just blow a person open or to help them start feeling again now would i recommend breath work like that or kind of any breath work on a long-term basis no i would not because i've seen the direct results of that over time the more that it's uh, become more and more popular, I've seen what it does to people's nervous systems. And it is a blowout practice, which has benefit in certain places. But in terms of living from that place, I would not, I would not recommend it because that is essentially the issue that we're finding ourselves in to begin with. 
we are running from the yin. We are terrified of the accountability that it requires to be deeply with oneself and to feel the subtleties, the nuances. And within that, to have to feel the reality of, wow, I am totally fucking numb in this part of my body. One approach is, okay, breathe deep, heavy, hard, fast, break it up. Or the other far more accountable and challenging approaches. Can I just stay with the numbness and accept the numbness and allow my breath to work its way through the numbness for me in its own time, in its own pace? Because what that person will be cultivating in that approach, which to me is the most important muscle to be building and cultivating, is the muscle of being, is the muscle of beingness. That will open far deeper reservoirs, healing, nourishment, and restorative qualities than any intense yang-based practice will. The yang is great for circulating. It's great for moving backed-up stagnation for a moment. But if you just keep lighting that fire that's why we're in an epidemic of burnout. That's why we're in an epidemic of mental illness. That's why we're in an epidemic of everyone being confused about what they're supposed to be here as. Because we continue to blow our systems out and then we are indulging in things that are very powerful tools, technologically speaking, but we're not using them as tools in every case we run the risk of having them use us. And there's more blowout, more addiction, more obsessiveness, more insecurity. Um, it's because I ask the question to people that I work with quite a lot when they bring up the social media piece. I ask them, how do you feel after you kind of go down the rabbit hole and you allow yourself to, to, to binge on the scrolling and the watching of videos and all of that. How, how do you feel after that? I never get the response of better or good or more happy, more peaceful, more connected, more content. It's generally I feel worse. I feel more confused. I feel anxious or depressed or fearful and as powerful as our minds are they're also ripe for conditioning the mind is very very young the body is thousands of years old so I, I invite people to feel the difference between honoring the body and honoring the mind in their own life. Just to begin, it doesn't have to be everything at once because it can never be everything at once. But can you start to take into account the fact that your body may be a million times wiser than that thing in your head that you allow lead your life? Thank you for listening to some of today's episode. If you'd like to hear the full conversation, along with live Qigong classes, 
Q&A group sessions, and Tea with Chris, you can head over to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Chris Bale. Thank you, as always, for your support. And we will see you back here on the next episode. Ciao.